Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Thornley campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. What is the most valuable thing in your life? What is the most valuable thing in your life? Is it money? Is it gold and silver? Is it your job? Is it your home? Is it fame and honour and glory? Is it your signed Fremantle's Docker poster? What in all your life is the most precious? Is it your children? Is it your wife? Your Lamborghini? Your stamp collection, your selfie with Basil Semplis. <laughs> our message today is Jesus is cornerstone. Jesus Christ is the living stone. And the question for us is, is Jesus Christ the cornerstone of our lives? Is he the firm foundation stone that anchors your life and your hope, and your very being. Our reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. And as we're reading this, see how many times uh, in this reading, the word precious, which other translations might have as valuable or greatly honoured, see how many times those words are used. As you come to him... The living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame now to you who believe this stone is precious but to those who not do not believe the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Father God, we just pray, Lord, that as we think about Jesus as this living stone, this cornerstone, Lord, that you will just cause us in our hearts and minds, our very being, Lord, just to consider where we're at and what foundations we are laying our lives on. Lord, just speak to us through your Holy Spirit today. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know that Quinn's Rocks and that Raleigh Stones uh, and that Two Rocks Rocks too? In the goldfields where Lynn and uh, I lived for a while, there were some young Aboriginal guys who formed a rock band and they called it Yabu Band. Yabu Band. And Yabu literally means rock. So the rock band was literally called Rock Band. There we go. <laughs> uh, a couple of the... Um, the band members stayed with us when uh, we were in Newman. They, their, their band broke down, but that's another story. I think they'd actually hit rock bottom, but there we go. <laughs> in Newman, the local Māori Aboriginal people, they've got, a, they've got some descriptive names for people like me who are going a little bit balding on top. And one of those names is Gutter Yabble, which means head like a rock. Okay. And the other name... This very descriptive name is Gara Kampu, which means bereaved head. A head that's mourning its lost hair. <laughs> there we go. When Lynn and I, when we were living in Newman, we travelled, well, we often travelled to the Northern Territory to meet other global interaction missionaries who were mostly working in the centre there. One time we heard a story about Aboriginal people from Yuendamu, the community of Yuendamu, Walfrey people. A Christian lady there had had a dream uh, about an object buried in a certain uh, place. So, that, so they travelled to that place, they dug down and they found this rock which was cross-shaped, shaped like a cross. Now, I'm not sure of the significance of, of that, but I think it inspired their faith somehow. And today I want to inspire your faith. In our reading there are three messianic prophecies and they're, they're quotes from the Old Testament. Three prophecies concerning a Messiah or the Messiah. And all three also are concerned with stones. And as a young boy, I lived in Kununurra in our far north. And now and then in the dry season, we'll go down to the river and we'd go, there'd be massive shingle beds, acres and acres of, of stones just lying there. And we would look for agates. And uh, agates were very scarce because uh, they were just mixed in very sparsely with all these acres and acres of river white stones. But the trick was to find stones that had little dimples in them. Sometimes the stones were caked with, with a bit of dirt and you had to wash them to see what was hidden underneath. And, and you'd look and you'd look and just occasionally you would find an agate. And then even more rarely still, you would find a really good one. And then you would be really happy. And uh, these are three such agates I found probably nearly 60 years ago in the riverbed in uh, the Ord River where we used to live. So these are, uh, whoops, one more, just a little one. So these are agates, they've got all these nice variegated lines and uh, uh, they were very hard to find so I'm gonna pass them around. Now I do want these back but because uh, they're a little bit. So they're little agates and these are crystal 
like, well, not crystal, but just little lines of variegation there. And that's a nice red one. That was my favourite one. There we go. We'll pass them around and have a look at those, if you like. There we go. Some agates. And you can see on the outside, they've got those dimples and... And uh, sometimes the, all the lines are just hidden inside. You can't see what's there until you actually, actually cut these rocks open. Semi-precious stones. Jesus tells a story of a trader looking for fine pearls. And when he finds one of exceptional, exceeding value, he sells everything he has in order to get that one special pearl. Jesus and knowing his saving power in our lives in, is indeed worth everything we have, everything we own, and everything we are. Because Jesus is the Christ, he is the Messiah. He is God's son with the power to change us when we put our faith in him. And this is what I know and what I believe. Jesus is the living stone and our very identity as believers is in him. Our status depends on the status of Jesus Christ, for we are joined to him. Jesus, it says, was rejected by humans, but was chosen by God. In, in chapter 1 and verse 20 of 1 Peter, it says that Jesus was chosen before the creation of the world. Jesus is the living stone that was chosen. He is the cornerstone that was chosen, chosen by God. Now, Peter, the writer of 1 Peter, he likes the idea of chosen. Jesus chose him as a disciple. And even when after Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus still chose to forgive him and to use him. Maybe you remember your school days when the teacher would uh, choose two people, two kids, and they in turn would choose people to be on their respective teams. And uh, you'll be standing there hoping that you would be picked, you would be chosen <laughs> and not left out. Jesus was chosen before time began to be our saviour. And he chooses us to be on his team, on his side. Right at the start of his letter, in chapter 1, verse 2, Peter refers to God's people who have been chosen. Brothers and sisters, we have been chosen. And in 2.9, he says, we believers are a chosen people. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, we are chosen by God Almighty to be his people. How powerful is that? How precious is that? Because not only is Jesus chosen, but he is precious. He is the precious living stone. He is the precious cornerstone. Now, precious can refer to valuable gems and precious stones as well as uh, a valuable cornerstone that is cut, square and true. Well, let me show you this next object. Here's a stone. It just looks like a chunk of rock at first glance. But it is somewhat precious because it is impregnated with gold. There's probably two or three grams or so in this chunk of rock, maybe two or three hundred dollars worth just in that rock. So have a look. But again, I want it back, you know. <laughs> there we go. We'll pass that around. Have a look. See if we can find those bits of gold there, flecks of gold. 
But this chunk of rock, it actually pales into insignificance compared to the Cullinan diamond. Who's ever heard of the Cullinan diamond? I think it's, is that the one in the Queen's Crown or something somewhere? Um, South African, wasn't it? South African, yes. And that's valued at something like $400 million just for this one larger, rather big diamond. But in turn, that pales into insignificance compared to our precious living stone, Jesus. Now, Lynn is wearing an engagement ring. I gave it to her nearly 38 years ago. And it used to have a pale blue aquamarine stone as the main stone, but that fell out and was lost many years ago. So my father, who got into faceting and won many awards as a faceter of gemstones before he passed away, cut her a sapphire to replace it, which is a stone in her ring now. Now, when I bought that ring, I thought it was very costly, but <laughs> um, it wasn't that expensive compared to a lot of other rings. But it's precious because it symbolises our engagement. And it's precious because it not only honours my wife, but also the memory of my father. But compared to the preciousness of knowing Jesus, it's not really precious at all. To us believers, Jesus is precious beyond all else. Now the sense of that word precious is not only valuable and costly, but also highly honoured and greatly esteemed. Brothers and sisters, not only is Jesus honoured and precious, but we also, we also, we weak, stumbling, failing nobodies are honoured and precious in God's sight through Jesus. What a wonder, what a grace and mercy that is. What a miracle it is that we sinful, rebellious, rather worthless people are accepted by God, wanted by God, loved by God. Because Christ's life is our life as well. We are elect and precious. We are chosen and highly honoured because we are joined with Jesus. Now, you may well know that some scientists and others are chosen to receive Nobel Prizes. And it's a great honour. They travel to Norway or Sweden and they receive their prizes to the acclamation of many. And the monetary award is not a bad either. But that is nothing compared to the honour and status of being chosen in Christ. What a holy and honoured place we have, united with our Lord. Jesus is a living stone, and that word stone is lithos, from which we get English words like lithosphere, you know, the rocky crust of the world, uh, lithograph, which is a stone used in printing, lithium, which is a metal, a bit of a stone-like metal, which is apparently good for batteries, and living it's from the Greek word zoe, meaning life, for which we get zoe, a girl's name, meaning, you guessed it, life. <laughs> and also words like zoological, the study of life, and zoopraxinoscope, and you'll have to look that one up. Already in this letter, Peter has referred to living a few times. He referred to our living hope in Jesus. 
He referred to the living word of God. And now he describes Jesus as the living stone. The living stone is Jesus, our resurrected Savior. Now, he was dead, but is now alive forevermore. He's risen. He's resurrected. He's reigning forever. Living is in contrast to our old, dead and empty way of life, as Peter notes in chapter 1, verse 18. In John 10.10, Jesus says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, life. The living stone is Jesus, not only living, but life giving. He gives us life, praise the Lord. How do we come to the living stone that is Jesus? Well, we come to him by faith. When we put our trust in him and commit our lives fully to him, then the living stone makes us alive in him. If you put your trust in Jesus, you will never be disgraced in him. You'll never be disappointed in him. You'll never be put to shame in him. You'll never have regret uh, to cause to regret your life in him. Jesus in Revelation 2.17 says that he will give to each believer a white stone. Each believer a white stone. And on that stone will be engraved a new name. And I believe that new name will be something like Christ one or follower of Jesus. Because that white stone symbolises our, our purity, our holiness in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as it happens, I have some white stones here on which I have engraved crosses to symbolise Jesus Christ, our living stone. It nearly wore my engraver out, but there we go. These stones, of course, are just stones. In fact, they're river stones bought from Bunnings. They are not living stones, but they may remind you that Christ is the living stone and we too are chosen and precious and living stones because of him, and I'll probably get Harry and Lynn to hand these ones out. But uh, before I do, I have two others, which I've engraved more than crosses. I've actually engraved Jesus the living stone on these ones. So I was going to give one to the person who's been associated with this church and this facilities the longest, which is Mr. John Marsden. So there we go, John. Bless you. One for you. And I'd like to give one to someone who's new here. Who's here for the first time? Anyone here here for the first time? You're not John. <laughs> All right. I think Emma and James are here. Yeah, there we go. First time. There we are. First timers. The old and the new. So, here we go. I'm going to get Lynn and uh, we'll just tip some of here. And there we go. We've probably got nearly enough for everybody, but maybe one per couple or family or something. There we go. Hand those around. And I'm just glad I'm not at Burragoon because doing, <laughs> doing a thousand stones might have been beyond my <laughs> capabilities. When we are alive in Jesus, brothers and sisters, then we too are living stones joined as believers to him. Christ is the living stone and we too are chosen and precious and living stones because of him. 
as living stones, we are being built into a spiritual house. This is a house belonging to God. This is a church. The Message Bible calls it a sanctuary, vibrant with life. And praise the Lord, we are vibrant with life here. It's a growing house. Although the metaphor is architecture and words like stones and house are used, and Paul used this metaphor in Ephesians 2, 19 and 22, the architecture is biological. It is living. God is a living God. And what he is building is a living house. It grows as new living stones, new believers are added. It grows as each living stone is transformed and perfected. Our rough edges smoothed away, rough diamond shaped, our inner lives transformed. Peter, the writer of this book, has a name that means rock. Jesus called him Peter or Cephas, the rock. But in this passage, Peter points us to Christ, the rock of ages, the living stone. The Apostle Paul called Jesus a spiritual rock in 1 Corinthians 4.10 because Christ is our firm rock, our safe and secure rock, the one we can anchor our faith to. He is the rock, the living stone. Peter quotes from uh, two messianic prophecies, Isaiah 28.16 and Psalm 118.22. The verse from Psalm is quoted several times in New Testament and by Jesus himself. And we have a photo what a cornerstone might look like. There's a beautiful one, which I nabbed from uh, Jonathan's. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> These prophecies point to Christ as the cornerstone, the foundation stone. So I'll have one here. Just to, uh, there we go. Oh, it's probably heavier than that. A foundation stone. We put it there. And we square it up and the whole building is built on that stone. That is the cornerstone from which we take our, our, our measurements and the way uh, it, is, it is built. It's the most important stone. It's the one on all which all the other stones depend. It's the first stone put there. And it's the one on which we depend, we depend brothers and sisters. Jesus is our foundation and our head. In fact, that... Stone there is often called the head of the corner. Jesus is the one who aligns us correctly and from which we are laid out correctly and rightly and truly. So how is our alignment? How do we measure up? Are we lined up truly with Jesus or just going our own way? The third property from Isaiah refers to the stone of stumbling. This Jesus was rejected but he has become the chief cornerstone, the main block. Jesus is the one over whom people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. The Apostle Paul says, God was pleased with the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. In our reading, Peter says this, They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate 
that was planned for them. But Jesus says this, anyone, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Brothers and sisters, are you wise or stumbling? Building your life on the solid rock that is Jesus and his word or not obeying God and his word and building your life on sand? In essence, Peter says to believers, he says this, you are not like that. Not anymore. Once you might have been stumbling over the claims of Christ, disobeying God and his word, rejecting Jesus and his offer of salvation, but not now, not anymore. For now you believe. Now you believe. Now you see the truth about Christ. Now you have come out of darkness and the emptiness and hopelessness of disbelief and into his marvellous and merciful, life-saving, life-giving light. Praise the Lord. Now, says Peter, here is your true identity in Christ Jesus. Once we had no identity as a people, but now we do. We have a new identity. We are the people of God, his people. You might have read about some people who testify against like powerful criminals, mafia or something, and uh, they have to hide and change their identity. Well, we don't have to hide. But when we come to the Lord, our identity is changed. Once we were nobodies. Now we are a chosen people. Chosen and beloved and accepted by God. Once we were forsaken. Now we are royal priesthood, a holy priesthood called to minister to others and to worship God. Once we were nothing. Now we are a holy nation, a people belonging to God, set aside by God for his purposes. God's family, his children, his loved ones, God's own dear possession. And we can share and declare and show others the goodness and mercy of God. Once we had no mercy shown to us. Now we are overwhelmed with God's mercy and goodness. There is your identity, brothers and sisters. In Christ, the cornerstone. In Christ, the living stone. Amen. Thank you. Bless you all. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.